0: Preaching on the cruise, but we had such a wonderful time. People were so hungry to hear about the coming of the Lord. And if you're anywhere near Hattiesburg, Mississippi this weekend, we'll be at Victory Church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll be getting into end times. It's amazing how the Bible tells us to forsake not assembling ourselves together, as some would do, especially as you see the day approaching. So we're to gather all the more the closer we get to the coming of the Lord. And that's what the end of day's update's all about. We can see the finish line, so we run faster. People talk about the rapture being an escape theology. No, it's a hustle theology. You see the finish line, so you run faster as fast as you can. I hear people go, well, I don't need to know about end times. Tell a quarterback that in the two minutes of the football game. He needs to know his time clock because your plays are crucial as you get toward the end of the game. So let's pick up of what's happened around Israel. Man, some stuff happened this last week that really was remarkable. You had foxes start showing up on the temple mount this last week. In Lamentations, it talks about that the, the temple would be so desolate that foxes would be there. But the, the rabbis totally interpret that as it's, get, it's a sign that we're ready to have the third temple rebuilt now that's pretty amazing that you have physical tangible things showing us that the temple is about to rebuild I mean the the uh, the Temple Mount Institute is going ballistic because they've had everything ready for about 20 to 25 years so they're in place and set up to start having sacrifices remember this last April they had sacrifices on the edge of the temple and didn't get arrested whereas last year they got arrested for doing that so you're watching the setup for the coming of the Lord so exciting he had many, many other things happen. So, you had the Temple Mount, 1700 Jewish people went up on the Temple Mount, caused a stir this last week. Palestinians got all mad, went crazy. And remember how we talk about every week the Temple Mount is going to be the focus of the greatest war ever, and that's the Battle of Armageddon. Remember, if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. So everything revolves around Jerusalem. So, along with that, you had some more attacks from the border in Gaza. So much keeps happening there, which is crazy. Hamas even was trying to stop. The terrorists from coming into Israel. Now you've had several terrorist activities that were stopped by the Israeli police force this last week and the week before that. Pretty amazing how bombs were planted and they were those attempts were stopped. So it's wonderful that could have been some horrible carnage. You you continue to have. Uh, uh, basically just like the days of Noah, uh, corruption and violence all over the world. Just the shootings, the stabbings, just amazing every week you look at that. But that's another sign of the coming of the Lord. Uh, just like men will be lovers themselves, we have selfie sticks, you have all this stuff happening. So many more things keep happening around Israel. You've got Israel engaging uh, basically with the rest of the world In the Strait of Hormuz Iran's freaking out That you're having Israel Hook up with America In the Mediterranean Sea And then over in the Strait of Hormuz and those uh, Gulf Seas So uh, We're having to protect or America and Israel's having to protect Those waterways Because of all the oil That goes to the most of the world So It's interesting to hear Iran come out and say there was a Swiss intelligence briefing this week that said Iran is going to wait until President Trump's out of office and they'll go back to the nuclear agreement. Now they're maxing out uh, their nuclear agreement right now, so it's weird. (laughs) You basically can't believe a word that they say. It came out again even this last week that they've ratcheted up the enrichment program again even more, so... Uh, there's no telling what will happen with them in the days ahead. Now, there was an unconfirmed hit in Iraq of Israel taking out another Iranian site. This is about the fifth one in about three weeks. Uh, it's, Iran keeps staging places from Iraq. Into Syria and on the border of Israel, so they can attack Israel. It's pretty, pretty precise how they're doing it. But Israel's go ahead and preemptively striking all those, which it did just a couple of days ago. Looks like there was a massive explosion uh, up in the northern part of the Arctic Ocean, uh, with Russia testing a, a, a ballistic missile with a nuclear-powered engine. It killed about five of their scientists. They buried them, and they had to evacuate a whole town because of the spike in radiation. So you're watching Russia do things just like a couple of weeks ago I told you about. They, they uh, flew over the Arctic Circle close to our land. We sent out planes to kind of stop them, but they continually do those things that are provoking us. So. You're, you're watching a total setup for what's going to happen after the rapture of the church. That's what intrigues me is to see the things that the Bible talks about. Why would we talk about it? There are more verses written about what it would happen after the rapture of the church than, than, than anything in the Bible. You've got all the book of Daniel, and you have the whole book of Revelation. So the rapture happens in Re- Revelation chapter 4. I hear a lot of people talk about uh, Matthew 24. I call them Matthew 24 people. That's not the rapture of the church. That's the second coming. When one's taken and one's left... That's at the second coming. The wicked are taken off the earth, so you can't get your rapture doctrine from Matthew twenty-four. So uh, that's something we try to preach as much as we can. The rapture was a mystery. The church age was a mystery. Remember in the in the epistles he said, "You are not in darkness that that day would overtake you as a thief." When sudden, detru- sudden destruction comes upon them, the world they'll say uh, they'll say peace and safety. And sudden destruction comes upon them, not the church. So it's amazing. We're so blessed that we have inside information of what it will look like right before the coming of the Lord. Many more things keep happening with pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, basically to try to get him to step down. It's weird how everyone wants a left-wing leader when a conservative leader is trying to protect the nation. So it's interesting to see how that will all play out. Many more things keep happening with anti-Semitism and with the BDS movement. That's gotten even stronger. But let's go to the scripture. We always look at the scripture. How can we tell? What, what makes us bold or confident about how close we are? Number one, Israel made a nation. Jerusalem won back. After that, you've got the Hebrew language restored. Then you've got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. Then you've got the fertility of the land of Israel. You've got the Temple Mount Institute. You have Russia in Crimea, Russia in the Ukraine, with Iran all over Syria, Iran moving its way down. Those are signs of the Ezekiel 38 war. And then you have 172 different species of predatory birds. So you've got birds in position. You've got the Temple Mount Institute in position. You've got Russia in position. So what's the church do? We hear about the coming of the Lord to get stronger because this produced great strength. The whole thing is that he loves you so much, he wants you happy and hopeful. So many more signs. Men will be loving themselves. And one of the ones I really like was Ezekiel. Talked about there'd be fish in the Dead Sea. That happened this year. Now the foxes on the Temple Mount freak me out that you have so many more tangible, visible signs. But after this, you go to signals. We talked about the blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles. That's pretty radical to have indicators that the Lord's coming back. Well, when were they? Passover and Tabernacles. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948, when Israel's made a nation. 1492, when the Jews were kicked out of Spain at the Edict of Expulsion. So it's pretty crazy you have that so blatant. Then you had the Bethlehem Star this last year. Pretty amazing. Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus came together at the birth of Jesus. They showed up again last year. First time in 2,000 years. Many, many, many more signals. So you've got signs. You've got signals. Jesus is about to come back. What do we do? Help our local church. Help our local pastor. This is it. We should have an all-hands-on-deck mentality. I hear people say, Well, Joe, if you talk about the coming of the Lord too much, you'll get everybody's hopes up. That's exactly right. He wants you happy and hopeful. You're strength will be tried to your joy and your joy is about your hopefulness. So, uh, Jesus is coming so soon. Wow, it's amazing how quiet it is. If you're not paying attention you won't even see it. But the Lord is coming back. Wow, we should be shouting from the rooftops. He told us to exhort one another and to comfort one another as we're going to be raptured. Wow, we're about to see Him face to face. Man, come back next week and we'll see what's happened with Iran, what's happened with Israel, what's happened all around uh, Israel at points to the coming of the Lord. We're so privileged to be living right before the coming of the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Have a blessed, awesome week. We'll see you next Wednesday.
1: Amen. That's incredible, isn't it? You know, the foxes and the... uh, You know, and the thing that that gets me, we've been studying here in these, uh, the last few chapters of of Revelation, we've been studying about how that, um, you know, after the rapture of the church, after the rapture of the church, um, the, 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 the dispensation of grace ends, and it goes back to, um, if you remember, it goes back like the, the, during the tribulation period, it goes back to Jewish customs and Jewish traditions. And so the, so the uh, uh, sacrifices start back. Well, when he starts talking about these things like the, you know, the foxes on the, on the temple mount, the the you know and the the Temple Mount Institute, uh, you know they're freaking out because because that was that is a that's one of the major signs that said that that Temple Mount will be so desolate that they're going to uh, you know that that the foxes will be on the Temple Mount but right before they build the temple, and so so that means that means the temple the temple is getting ready to be built and 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 the the whole thing about the temple being built is once that temple is built. Then guess what that sets up? That sets up for the sacrifices to start happening, which, which, is, which won't happen until the church is raptured, I don't believe. Um, I believe the, the temple, uh, you know, I don't know whether the temple will be built before, uh, you know, before the church is raptured or right, right around the same time or, or right after. I'm not sure exactly the timing of that. But, but one thing we do know is that, that the temple will have to be built so that the sacrifices can begin. And, you know, and everything, like he said, just everything is just, you know, it's just lining up, boom, 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 just lining up, showing us that uh, that Jesus is coming. Amen. I mean, he's, it's, it's close. Amen. All right. So uh, so we are here in, in Revelation 22. We've got all the way through, um, we've come all the way through the tribulation, we've come through the, the millennial reign, we've come through, um, you know, the great white throne judgment, we come through the 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 judgment seat of Christ and uh, and here in chapter 21 last week the last two weeks we started looking at we saw the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven Um, you know you remember at the end of the at the end of the millennial reign uh, at the end of chapter like or at the very beginning of chapter 21 um, after after the great white throne judgment and after all the uh, all the ones that have rejected God have been thrown into the lake of fire that the Bible says that a great heat, a great uh, fire, came and destroyed the earth. And it says, you know, in, in the beginning of chapter 21, it says that the, uh, that the heavens and the earth fled away, for there was no, there was no place for them. In other words, you know, the earth as, we to, uh, earth as we know it was totally wiped out. And that's when John said, the angel s- said, Look, and behold, a new heavens and a new earth uh, was, were there right in front of John, and he saw the new, the, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, and then uh, the rest of chapter 21 was, was all talking about the dimensions and the size, and, and you know, we talked about how that, um, I mean, it's 1,500 miles long, wide, deep, tall. I mean, you know, this is humongous. I mean, this, this place is, it's enough, uh, and I'm going to go back and look at that, but I can't remember the number, like something other another that, that, like if, it had, the room, it had room enough for um, 20-some billion people to have like something like seventy acres apiece, you know that's how much space could be in in New Jerusalem. I mean that's incredible. I mean you know so it's not like uh, it's not like we're going to be living in apartment complexes and stacked on top of each other in heaven. You know I mean I mean we're talking about you know when he says that he that you know and I know different people talk different things about that it says that he goes to prepare a mansion. I I don't necessarily know that we that we're you know. We're not going to be interested in, in the material things Like how big our house is or if, if it's just a room or if it's a mansion Whatever it is you know, we're, we're going to be very happy Why? Because he said in, in chapter 21 Remember he, he talked about through there That one of the, one of the key things Is that, that God It says that there is no temple in the New Jerusalem Why? Because the throne of God is there And God and Jesus Themselves are in the, in the New Jerusalem So there's no need for a temple They're there and we don't have to go to a temple to worship. We can go to them, straight to them, you know. And so that's incredible. So, um, and so so we got through chapter twenty one, and uh, and now in chapter twenty two, uh, the first the first four or five verses here kind of continue, giving us a little bit of a description of of something else that's in the in the New Jerusalem, and then um, which by the way the New Jerusalem is our home. It'll be our eternal home. Is where you and I will live uh, in eternity for eternity. And then the rest, of, the rest of chapter twenty-two, the from verse six all the way through down uh, through verse twenty-one uh, is kind of like, uh, John's just kind of like, and the angels just kind of like tidying some things up and, and you know kind of putting it together and and uh, and finishing things up. So let's look here in uh, Revelation chapter twenty-two, and we'll just start in verse one. It says, "And he," talking about the angel that was with John there. It says, "'He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb.'" So, well, in verse 2 says, "'In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations.'" So it's interesting. John saw a couple things here. He saw he when when he when he saw into Jerusalem, he saw the throne of God, and the throne of Jesus, and he said, "Out of the throne came the the river of the water of life." Now I want you to think back. You know, to uh, if you think all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when when Adam and Eve were in the garden, um, because because actually in verse two it talks about that the tree of life. Now we, we haven't heard about the tree of life. Since we saw it in Genesis. Genesis talks about the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And when, when uh, if you remember, the reason that they got driven out, of the, uh, the, driven out of the Garden of Eden was because God didn't want them to eat the tree of life, which would, which would seal them forever to live in that unregenerate condition. You know, so he's, he put his cerebrum, uh in front of the tree of life, to where Adam and Eve could never go back and take of that tree so you know because if they because that tree what that what that is that's like an eternal tree and if you, when you eat that when you eat the fruit of that tree of life whatever state you're in that's that's the life that you'll have and you know so when Adam and Eve when they, when they sinned when they missed the mark and, and ate the tree of good and evil you know they couldn't eat if they had eaten of the tree of life then there would be no hope for them, but but God dro- drove them out of the Garden of Eden to protect them, and so that so that the plan of redemption could could happen. Well, from from Genesis three, I, I don't I don't know that the tree of life is mentioned again. It may be it may be mentioned once or twice in the prophets, but uh, some of the prof- prophetic books. But but pretty much the tree of life is not mentioned again until John sees it here. In heaven, in Jerusalem, in the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth. John says, he says here that the the, the water, he says that the water of life, could you imagine, could you imagine, you know, um, if you've ever drank water from like a real cold mountain stream or something, you know how refreshing that is. Or even even if you take a bottle of water out of the refrigerator and you're real hot or something and you drink real cold water, just how refreshing that water is. Could you imagine Water that comes out of the throne of God that, that, that God himself calls the water of life. Could you imagine how refreshing that will be? And it says that that water flows, and it flows. You know, the Bible says that the streets of heaven are paved with pure gold. Well, here it says that that, that water of life flows over the streets, out of, out of the throne of God. So the water of life, the river of the water of life flows all through heaven. And then, not only the water of life, but then he goes to say, in verse 2, he goes on to say, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Now, this is an interesting verse, because notice what else it says. It says, which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month. So, So, when John saw this, this one tree, the tree of life, it produced a different fruit every month. It said that it produced its fruit, its 12 fruits each month. It said, how did it say? It said that it said there was the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. In other words, I don't know whether, whether this thing has 12 different fruits hanging on it or whether like it's a different fruit every month. But, but guys listen, in eternity, we, we will get to enjoy. The best, you, if you enjoy fruit now, uh, I, I bought a watermelon today. I love watermelon. And, and we cut that thing. And man, I, I just, I, I love, you know, uh, just watermelon and apples and grapes and, and all kinds of fruit. But we've never tasted anything like the fruit of life from the tree of life, you know? And this fruit, uh, this fruit will sustain us. I mean, we're, you know, we're going to be eternal beings. But if, even in that, God provides pleasure for us. You know, with the water of life and the tree of life, and notice everything in heaven is about life. There's no death in heaven, and and he says, and he says even that the that the leaves were were for the were for the healing of the nations. Now, notice it didn't say that that the leaves are uh, for healing and restoration of the nations because because um, we know once once we're in once we're in eternity there'll be no need for healing, right? There'll be no need for for uh, for us to to take healing because because we're gonna be we're gonna be in our eternal bodies and and it says that you know but but we will we will enjoy that fruit of the fruit of the tree of life twelve different fruits and it'll bear its fruit every month now that's interesting because because you know and, and different people have different different thoughts on that because then the question the question bears well is there some type of uh, is there some type of uh, uh, record i mean uh, what 's the word i 'm looking for is there some kind of calendar in heaven if, if it if it produces this fruit once a month then you know will, will we be keeping time in heaven and and some people say that that was that that John just said that because um, you know there 's the only way he knew how to say it's the only way he knew how to you know, he's like, man, you know, I can see the 12 months and I, the 12 fruit and, and maybe it's one for every month. Because you have to remember, when John's writing this, um, some of these things are brand new to John. I mean, he's never seen stuff like this. And so he's describing it the best way that he can. And, but but the, the key thing to, to point out of this, and to be honest with you, I don't know what the answer to that is. And I don't really care. All I know is that we're going to have the water of the life and out of the river of life, and we're going to have the 12 different fruits, and we're going to enjoy it, amen? And it's going to be on either side of the street, either side of the river, and, and we're going to be able to enjoy that. And then look at verse 3, and this, this is where, where I was talking about, where it says, in verse 3 it says, And there shall be no more curse. Glory to God. That, you know, How many of you are going to be glad when, when you know, we get to the point with God in eternity where where the curse of the, the curse of the fall will no longer affect us, our bodies won't get hurt, our bodies won't get older, you know there'll be no pain, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no uh poverty I mean the curse you know now I know right now you know uh, he's God's told us when we take part in the plan of redemption in Galatians it says we're no longer under the curse, and we're trying to you know we're we're walking that out right now to where to where you know we to where we don't allow the curse to affect us but in heaven it says that we won't just be not letting it affect us once we get to the new heaven and new Jerusalem it says there will be no more curse so it is totally wiped out totally you know i mean we'll never have to worry about the curse again that's that's a great news amen and it says uh, but the throne of god and of the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. Amen. So, so what he said, he said there, there's no curse there. And really, in that word but probably, probably could have even been in some of the other translations say because the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. In other words, when John saw it, he saw, the, he saw the throne, he saw the water of life, he saw the tree of life, and he just made the statement. He said, when I was looking at it, there was no more curse. And instead of the curse... John said, what I saw was the throne. You know, like today, when you look at this world, we can look at this world and and we can all agree, it it doesn't take us looking very long to look at this world and say, there's a curse on this world. You know, these people doing these things, these, I mean, you know, people saying there's more than two genders, people saying that, that, you know, I mean, all this stupidity that you see all over the world, you know, it doesn't take long to look at that and say, there is a curse on this world. You know, But when John, looked, when John looked and he saw the new Jerusalem, new heaven and new earth, when he looked and when he saw it, he, the, the one thing that stood out to him, one of the things that stood out to him that he wrote down was this. There's no curse there, but God is on the throne there. God and Jesus are on the throne, and, and there's no curse. Man, that's, that's a great verse. That's, that's incredible. And then notice this, verse 4. He says, and, and then at the end of that too, it says, And the servants shall serve him. Guess who he was talking about there? He's talking about you and me. We're servants. We're sons, but we're also servants. And and John said John said you know because if you think about it, if you think about what happened in the millennial, um, when John saw the, the the everything that happened in the millennial, what was it? He said that it said that um, uh, you know once once a year we had we have to go to they, everybody had to go to Jerusalem to worship, but there were people that didn't go to Jerusalem. And he said the people that didn't go to Jerusalem, the, the, curse, you know, the curse of no rain would be on them. Well, what John was saying was this. He, said, he was saying when we get to the new heaven and the new earth, John said there was no curse. God and Jesus were on the throne and everybody was serving him. You know, there was nobody that didn't have a heart for him. There was nobody that had another thought. There was nobody that had another plan. There was nobody that let anything come between them and their Savior. You know, John pointed that out. He said, Man, he said, there's no curse there. God and Jesus is on the throne and everybody. He said, and his servants, they're serving him. You know, because if you look in the if you look in the New Testament, Paul said it, I mean, Peter said it in his epistle. Different different ones say this. They say, you know, if if you if you have if you believe and if you're trusting Jesus, then you should live like him. You know, Jesus even said, If you if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, I mean, he, they would make comments like that all throughout the New Testament. And then we see, but we see, we, we see people every day. And, and some of us are even included in that at times when we don't keep His commandments, when we don't serve Him, when, you know, when we don't act like Jesus would have acted. You know, I mean, we, we've all, either you know, at times we've done that and we see people do that all the time. And, but, but here, John, the, I love the fact that John just pointed out, he said, there was no curse there, the throne of God and the throne and the Lamb shall be in it and everybody served him so John said man it was I mean basically I think another way you could write that scripture that verse out John if he looked at it he would just say this it was perfect it was perfect no curse God's there Jesus is there everybody's serving him perfect (laughs) you know and so that that was was one of the things that John uh, a couple things that John just that stood out to John here and verse four, he says, "And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads." Now we know throughout the throughout the Old Testament, uh, it said time and again that that you know no man could see his face and live. And even when Moses asked to see his face, um, you know the, he he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and let him see his hinder parts as he passed by. You know, I know it says that that uh, that Abraham was a friend of God that, that met with him face to face, but but you know there was always like any time any time anything like that happened, Moses or Abraham or David or any of any of those old old guys that the prophets that would go up and see see God like that, it would always be like there would be a cloud there, there would be um, you know I mean and 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 it wasn't like a, it wasn't like like you and I can see each other face to face per se, but here John said this. Because you have to remember, I mean, this, you know, sometimes we read this and we forget, but but John is seeing this stuff for the very first time, and John just makes the point, and he says, and they'll see his face. I mean, we'll be able to look in the face of God. We'll be able to go right up to him, and, and you know how kids sometimes will run up to you and grab your face and, you know, put their face right in your face. I think that's what we're going to do with God. We'll be able to go run right up to him and grab him and just look him, look him straight in the eye, you know. And it says, and they shall see his face, and then I have, you know, and and I've read different commentaries on this. The the last part says, and his name shall be in their foreheads. I don't really understand what that means, but but I'll carry his name all day. Amen. So don't, you know, that'll be fine with me. Amen. To be in a perfect place, and 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 there's different scriptures that talk about, uh, you know, uh, there's some scriptures that talk about how like even the description of Jesus. In his return that he's that he's got a name that nobody knows written on his thigh and you know and and different things like that, so there's you know so there's some there's some mystery in that we don't really know exactly what it means but but it's not going to be something that any of us are ashamed of or any of us uh you know man I mean we're going to see him face to face, and his name's going to be in our forehead, and we're going to be blessed amen for all of eternity amen and then verse five, this is an incredible verse here too. He says, And there shall be no night there, and and they have and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In chapter 21, we saw that uh, last week, we saw that where it says that, you know, there's no need for the S-U-N because the S-O-N is the light. You know, the, His glory just fills heaven. And here And here he just echoes that, and he says... You know, there's there's no night, and they they don't need a candle. There's never there's never going to be a you know. In in, verse, in chapter twenty one, when it was talking about the gates uh, of heaven, there's three gates on each side, twelve gates. Uh, I was I was listening to Hilton Sutton today, and he said this. You know that that the Bible's full, just and and I don't know whether this is. I mean, you know, you, this is conjecture, and and you know, it's it's cool to think about things like this. Don't get hung up on this, and don't make a theology of it. But but. Uh, you know, there's always, God's always big on numbers in, uh, you know, in the Scripture. And, and uh, Hilton said that, that he came across this rabbi that, that uh, had drawn out the, the picture of heaven, you know, in, in his description. And two of the numbers that are real big in the Bible are 12 and 3. You know, you have the 12 apostles, you have, you know, the, uh, you have uh, the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, you have three, of course, of the Godhead. Uh, you know and i mean those those two numbers are always real big with God, and notice that it has uh, you know the 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 city is fifteen hundred miles long on each side and he he said you know if you stick with those numbers, the twelve and three and there 's three gates and there's and you know there 's three gates on each side then he said that it 's very possible that each one of the gates that that when you add the twelve and three together it 's fifteen. Of course, and he said, if each one of those he said if each one of the gates were a hundred miles long or a hundred mile gate, there would be three one hundred mile gates and that would leave twelve hundred other miles of of the wall and the Bible says that the gates remember we saw this that the gates are made of one pearl, a single pearl so here you you very well could have a pearl that's a hundred miles long a gate made out of a hundred mile pearl boy I mean isn't it I mean, you know, and, and I know that blows our mind. we're thinking, how in the world could that be? but you remember we're talking about god yeah. you know and 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 you know our minds can't even i mean like I, we we were talking about last week about the colors and stuff, our minds can't even fathom the colors we're going to see in heaven, much less the size of things and the and the You know how things are going to be. I mean, but but wouldn't that be something if 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 that was true? Like I said, that's totally conjecture. There's no scripture to back that up per se, other than than the how God is big on numbers. But if that was true, the twelve and the three, you would have three one hundred mile gates on each side of the wall, and then twelve hundred miles of fence or, or or the the you know the wall of the city man I mean that's uh, you know that's exciting just to think about isn't it i mean that's that's pretty cool to think about so so in heaven, there's no need for candles, there's no need for a, you know we won't have to pay a power bill, praise the Lord you know and and we won't have to worry about lights you know the sun the s u n won't be shining for God for the Lord God gives light and they, and they shall reign forever and ever, amen, so that kind of sums up that finishes. Um, John's description of the new new Jerusalem, new heavens and new earth. Then, when we get to verse six, um, he kind of shifts gears a little bit, and the angel starts talking to him about some other things, and and it's almost like he, he starts tying it up here, and he starts wrapping this up, and it's coming to an end. and and, uh, and verse six says this, and he said unto me, the angel said unto John, says these sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. So the angel told John, he said, Listen, he said, what I he said, everything that you've heard, and I believe this ties up, I believe this this angel here is tying up. He's saying, everything everything that we've read from Revelation one one until this this verse right here, he's telling John, he said, Everything that you've written down and that you're going to write down, he says these sayings are faithful and true. And he said, and and the holy God sent his angel to tell you so you could tell the church that these things have to come to pass very shortly. And then that's why we're reading it today. Amen. Because these things are going to happen. Then verse 7, uh, this is, I believe this is, the angel was telling him, this is what Jesus said because it's in, it's in red here. And, and this is where it says that, um, that that God sent His people or sent His angel to to tell them this. And here Jesus said this. He said, "Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book." Now, if you if you turn back real quick to Revelation chapter one, notice what notice what he said in Reve- the very first one of the very first verses in Revelation <clears throat> in Revelation chapter one here. He said this, uh, verse 3, he said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So, Revelation 1 3, John, the very first thing he said, he said, Blessed is he that heareth it, that, that reads it, that hears it, and that keeps the prophecy. Now, here at the end of Revelation, this is Jesus talking here. He says, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So he's just reiterating. Jesus is just telling us again. He said, listen. He said, I'm coming quickly. And so these things that I've told you are true. They're faithful. And he said, you're blessed if you keep them. You're blessed if you believe it. You're blessed if you, if you if just like you know, what we hear Joseph Moore say every week. You're blessed if you're busy. In other words, do you get busy telling people it's, the, it's the, the home stretch, it's the white flag, it's the two-minute warning, it's, it's you know, pedal to the metal time. It's not time to back up and slow down and rest on our laurels. No, it's time that we, that we reach everybody we can with the gospel. Tell everybody we can about Jesus that we that we reach all of our coworkers, the people that come into our businesses, the people that, that you know that come that you know that man. Joel told me a story. I, I don't. Uh, he probably won't mind me sharing this, but but there's a woman. Uh, he was he was driving with her today. Uh, uh, you know, it was an adult. He usually does teenagers and stuff. But but this woman got in the car and she said, "Before we go, can we have communion?" She broke out her communion set. You know, he told me he said he said I had a first that I took communion in the car today, and I, and I asked him I said was that of necessity or of a you know of, of willingness you know and but it was but but that that was pretty cool that somebody was bold enough a woman was bold enough to say can we take communion before we do this uh-huh. you know isn't that awesome I mean that's what a testimony you know and I mean but it's it's the time that we're not ashamed of our of our you know, of, of our beliefs and that we step up. And, and so Jesus said, now notice he's going to say this like three times here in the next few verses. He's going to say, behold, I come quickly. So verse 7, he says, behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 8, he said this, now listen to this. It says, I, John, saw these things, and I heard them. Now, John is just being, this is like one of those, uh, what do we say, a real moment with John. John said, John said, I saw this and I heard this. And then and then John basically says this, I bit the dust. He said, John said, I saw this and I heard these things, and when I heard, and when I seen, I fell down to worship before the before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. In other words, in other words, what John saw, it so rocked him, and it's so I mean it just you know, this is like the third time, I think. In the book of Revelation, that when John saw something, he fell down at the angel's feet. Both other times, and it's going to happen the third time here, the angel says, stand up, don't worship me. He said, because I'm a fellow servant. He said, stand up. If you're going to worship anybody, worship God. You know? But John just said, man, I was just so, he said, it so rocked my world that I just I collapsed. I fell at his feet to worship. And in verse 9, the angel said this, Then the angel said unto me, See thou do it not. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and an, and I am of them which keep the sayings of this book. And then he says, worship God. You know, so he, he was saying, don't worship me. I'm just. He said, I'm just a servant. And see now, now this is interesting. This is a whole other subject, but but I'll just throw this out there. Notice that he said, and like I said, this is the second or third time that this has happened. This angel, what's what's described as an angel, he tells John, I'm a fellow servant. He said, I'm, and I'm one of the prophets, the fellow servant of God and a fellow sub- servant of the prophets. So this very well could have been, I mean, you know, this this, an- this angel or this person that's been showing John this throughout this very well could have been Elijah or Moses or, uh, I mean, he could have been one of the prophets, you know, in their glorified body. And so he told John, he said, stand up, don't worship me. He said, worship God. You know, then verse 10, let's, we'll hurry and get through this. Verse 10 he goes in verse 10 and says, and he said unto me, now listen to this, he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. If you read Daniel's account, when you go back and read Daniel's account, you know, hundreds of, if not a thousand years before, when, when the angel gave it to Daniel, the angel told Daniel, because Daniel said, I got ready to write it, and the angel told Daniel, said, don't write it. He said, seal it up in a book or don't proclaim it. He said, seal it up in a book for the time is not at hand. But now here when John when the angel looks at John and John said now he said, he said seal not the sayings of this book. He said, you've got to declare this because the time is at hand now. You know, he told Daniel the time is not at hand. He told John it's happening right now. And I'll say it again today. The time is at hand. Amen. The time is at hand. Verse 11. He, he now this is uh, these are all interesting scriptures. Verse 11, this angel told John, says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And, and, you know, there's a lot of conjecture there about that verse too. A lot of people going back and forth. But, but I just think, I just think, you know, the, the, the jest of that just saying this, you know, people make their decisions and, and there's coming a time when that decision will be final. And, and when, they, when they step into eternity, if they're filthy, they'll, they'll continue to be... I mean, they'll, you know, they'll die filthy. If they're unclean, they're going to die unclean. If they're holy, they'll die holy. If they're righteous, they'll die, die righteous. And I believe, that, to me, anyway, this verse is just saying that there's coming a time when... Because we've all heard people say, you know, well, I've got time. You know, I'll, I'll make it right on my deathbed. You know, I'll, I'll say Jesus right before I take my last breath and everything will be okay. We're not guaranteed that. You know? And, and, and I think what he was just saying was this. That's the reason he said, you know, he said, worship God, tell everybody you can about this because the time is at hand. And there's coming a time when, when you won't be able to make another decision. Your decision will be final, the way you lived your life. And, you know, <clears throat> in verse 12, he tells us something else Jesus said. And he says this again. These are the words of Jesus. He says, And behold, I come quickly... And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and they may enter through the gates into the city. For without or without the city, Without the walls, outside of the walls, there are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh the lie. Twice in, in chapter twenty-one we are told that that people that that that, that list in chapter twenty one verse eight, chapter twenty one, verse twenty seven, that list is repeated like you know, this is the third time it's repeated. And and we talked last week about you know what what uh, different people think about that and 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 I I I would just have to agree cuz I don't know what else it could mean but most people agree they believe that that in heaven in our eternal in our eternal home when we look out the gates uh there'll be a gulf there there'll be a, a space there but we we will be able to see into the lake of fire and it'll be a reminder that those those that list the sorcerers the dogs the the and dogs just means you know people people that that chose other things instead of God, uh, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, those that that loves and makes a lie, all of those people, the people that chose other things instead of God, they will they their eternity will be in the lake of fire, fire and it'll be outside the wall and they will not be able to enter into the gates. That's the reason Jesus said, look at verse. Uh, Verse fourteen, he said, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. So those that those that name in verse chapter twenty one we saw where it says, If your name is in the book of life, you'll be able to enter in through the gates. And you know, and if your name's not in the book of life, that means you're in the lake of fire. It's that simple. And, and note, I don't want any, any of us in here to be the, end up in the lake of fire. I want all of us to be able to walk through the gates and be with Jesus forever. Amen. Then verse 16, he says this again. And, uh, and, and these are the last words of, of Jesus. Well, we've got one more little thing now at the very bottom. but He says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. So he told John, go tell the church. Go tell the churches this. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. So he he was just, you know, echoing and and confirming who he was. Verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And we could ask, I'll I'll, I'll, um, say this. All of destiny says what? Come. <laughs> you know, come, Lord Jesus, come. And verse, verse 18, he says, For I testify unto, unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of the book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that were written in this book. And none of us want that. And, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book of the prophecy, of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So, you know, so we we are not to we are not to add to or take away. That's why it's important to be a to be a studier of the word to 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 divide the word rightly and to to make sure that everything we do lines up with the word because if you add to or take away, God's not going to be happy with that. And and I I don't think that means that's not like something little. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, these people that I, I, believe, I believe he's talking about people like, you know, uh, like Buddha and, and all these, you know, the, uh, the people that start all these false religions that lead millions and millions of people of, away from God. I believe those are the ones that, you know, just like, uh, even like, not calling names, but even like the Jehovah Witnesses who have a totally different Bible, you know, and have changed the words of the book. You know, he says, man, you change the words, you change these. Because how many times have we heard him say, these words are faithful and true. Believe believe the words of this book. And if you change that, then he says, then that's, you know, you've got some, you've got some rough stuff. I mean, you know, and, and none of us want to be in that category. Amen. And then the last two verses, he says this. He which testified these things saith, and he's talking about Jesus, Surely I come quickly. For the third time here in about ten verses, Jesus said it three times, I come quickly. And then he said, and then John said, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And then verse 21, he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So the so the, the book ends with grace. And John just says, "Grace be to you all, Amen." So we got through Revelation, Amen. So this, the last, we, I know we didn't do the whole thing, but this time, but but we got through a big portion of it, and uh, we'll be finished. Let me ask this real quickly. Anybody got any questions or comments? Just real, real quickly. We got just a couple minutes. If anybody had anything, I may or may or may not be able to to answer it, but. <laughs> So it's, it's very interesting, very uh, thought provoking, and you know, get you get you thinking about things. Uh, Is heaven going to be beautiful? Amen. Just with the description, we I can't wait to see those colors and the 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 plants and the and I believe the animals. I mean, I, I can't wait to see those things that we things we've never seen or experienced here on this earth. It's going to be incredible. Amen. Everybody, good. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let me pray for you. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for uh, your goodness. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Uh, as we finish the, Re- uh, the book of Revelation, thank you, Father. Uh, Father, I'll just echo uh, what John said there at the end, Father. We just pray that grace be upon his church, Father, and that we, that we all walk in that grace, that we all experience that grace, and that, that, uh, that even as Jesus said those three or four times there in the last couple verses, that he comes quickly. So, Lord, let us be busy about your, your business, about telling people about you, about winning, winning more and more uh, people to you, Father, and, 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 and uh, helping people experience your love and your goodness more than they ever have. So thank you for giving us those opportunities. We pray blessings on each one, Father. Thank you for blessing the, uh, the events we have this weekend and the ladies' meeting Friday. Lord, I know it's going to be a glorious meeting the kids swim party Saturday and then the leadership meeting Sunday as well as regular church on Sunday morning as well. So thank you for uh, ministering to each one of us and just giving us great, a great week, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.